Let's do a frequency sweep from 40 hertz. Loosen up, guys. It's not rocket science. It's rock and roll! Sound tracker prêt pour le lancement. And welcome back to Air Magique. Let's talk about the most rocking roller coaster in Europe, if not the world. <laughs> I'm Eric, and yes, today we'll be dedicating an episode to the amazing rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith, or Avec Aerosmith, as seen on the attraction sign in Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris, which will sadly be closing its doors forever on September 2nd, 2019 to be rethemed to a new Iron Man experience. I've got so many fond memories of this attraction and its amazing 100 kilometers an hour, that's 62 miles per hour, launch that has seriously thrilled me, <laughs> made me almost crap my pants <laughs> since the very first time I rode it back in 2003. Girl, I mean, this thing is gonna give your stomach that crazy speedy feeling every single time. <laughs> I've always loved the combination of colorful stage lighting and awesome music, and was super surprised to find out that on my first trip to Walt Disney World that the version in Disney's Hollywood Studios is pretty much a completely different experience than the one in Paris. So in Florida, you're trying to get to the Aerosmith concert in these really cool stretch limousines, while in Paris, you board a so-called sound tracker, which is Aerosmith's latest hottest invention. The vehicle allows us to experience the vibrations and directions of a musical note during an Aerosmith concert. Seriously, you guys, it's, it's a party. Now, one thing to note is that the set and story might differ in each attraction. However, the track layout is exactly the same. Now, on both iterations, riders experience up to 5 Gs, which is crazy. I mean, just thinking about it, for comparison, a rocket launch into space is 3 Gs. So, you can imagine. Booty being pressed back into that seat like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> Trains travel through three inversions, which include half vertical loops, half corkscrews, and a sea serpent roll. Both versions of the attraction feature five trains, although only four trains run at a time. This adds up to a theoretical capacity of 1,800 riders. This is really, really awesome and super important, you guys, because it helps get people off the streets of Walt Disney Studios Park and into an attraction, while also minimizing the amount you have to wait in a queue. Now, I'm a huge fan of the Hard Rock Cafe, and I've always felt like the rock and roller coaster in Paris is basically what the Hard Rock Cafe would make if they were to make a roller coaster. Just entering the Tour de Force Records building in Paris, that moment you pass into that amazing high ceiling circular room with floor to ceiling, electric guitars, and colorfully lit shadow boxes. <sighs> I'm living for it. You also see a lot of awesome memorabilia on the way to the pre-show, and one of my all-time favorite attraction details is the electric guitar noises you can hear through a closed door behind which a recording session is happening. It just makes the space feel so alive. So right before we head into the studio, you're standing in this hallway and there are these monitors hanging in the ceiling giving us an idea of, of basically what we're about to experience. Let's take a listen to an excerpt from the monitor's audio. Hey everybody, we're very proud to have Aerosmith working in our studios today. Soon you'll be going into Studio C, so I ask that you refrain from using flash or video photography once inside. 
Now, after the automatic doors open, we file into the studio and see Aerosmith working on their latest project. By the way, you guys, they're projected on a screen. It's quite effective though because all around them are real musical instruments. Now in Florida, a lot of these were donated by the band themselves. For Paris, I'm not sure. I wasn't able to find a source on that, but it is possible. <laughs> so all these real physical instruments do add a lot of depth to the scene and the screen is integrated really nicely. Also, if you look up, they're the most oversized speakers located above the pre-show which you have ever seen. I mean, they look like they could literally blast a hole in the wall. <laughs> Blow us away with their power. <laughs> Let's listen in on the studio scene, you guys. Merci d'avancer le long du studio et de ne pas utiliser de flash ni de caméscope. Comme vous le constatez, le groupe est en train de procéder au tout dernier réglage technique concernant la musique de la nouvelle attraction que vous allez être parmi les premiers à découvrir. Please move all the way into the studio and remember to refrain from flash or video photography. As you can see, the, the band is making some last minute tweaks right on the new ride and music like technology that, that you're going to be among the first to experience. What a crowd, what a mob, what a ride, what an experience, Ali! Unreal. I was on the track going like this, right? One, two, three, four, I got one down to here. And I thought I was gonna lose it, and I felt like I was hearing going down. Hey, people! What's happening out there? On vient de m'informer que nous sommes prêts à accueillir nos VIP dans la zone d'essai pour leur voyage test. On dirait que le groupe va se balader. Pour ceux qui veulent les suivre en vibrant au son du rock and roll, c'est par ici. Looks like the band is going for a ride. If you'd like to go with them to rock and roll, walk this way. After exiting the studio, we enter the testing area. This place is rocking a colorful industrial garage type feel. We also get our first preview of other riders experiencing the intense launch. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Now, what's really, really cool is that each train or sound tracker has its own unique soundtrack with a distinct launch sequence, effects, and even a unique light show in the main gravity building. Heading towards the boarding area, we pass by the control room and can see other riders on the monitor as well as hear the mixing and refining the soundtrack. Here's an excerpt. Coming out of the loop, I could use a notch more volume. Good, good, good. That's it. Stop right there. A bit more bass, please. Synchronisation du sound tracker de la piste audio. Let's punch up monitor three and see what we've got. Roger that. Yeah, track three is totally in sync right now. Let's bring the whole track up a bit. Right. When the lights go on, we crank it up. <laughs> so cool. I love it. It sounds so futuristic. And they're like, lower the bass, you guys. <laughs> no, they're like, add more bass, you guys. I don't know. Whatever, it sounds really cool. I have no idea what they're talking about. Folks, it's time to board and take a ride on the rock and roller coaster, y'all. This thing is a party. Sound tracker is ready for launch. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> okay, prepare for launch. Sound tracker prêt pour le lancement. Prepare for launch. <laughs> After 
after that intense launch and the first inversion, all you see in here is fabulous lighting, the awesome Aerosmith music. Now, I'd love, love, love to share a full onboard soundtrack with you guys, but we have to be kind of mindful of copyrights in order not to get the podcast taken down. So my advice, if you want to experience the rock and roller coaster one last time, celebrate the attraction, but you just can't make it to the park, head on over to YouTube and check out DLP Sounds. He's got all the most amazing onboard audio on his channel, and you can just relive the attraction. It's really awesome. By the way, my favorite soundtracker is number one with the green light show and features the songs Back in the Saddle and Dude Looks Like a Lady playing. <laughs> so much fun. Also, like close second, close second is soundtracker number three with its multicolor light show and features the songs Love in an Elevator and Walk This Way. Makes me want to write it again so bad right now. Fun fact, you guys. So there are five speakers that are dedicated to every single rider. That's two mid-range speakers, two tweeters, and a subwoofer under the seat. That makes for a total of 120 speakers per train. In total, the attraction has over 900 speakers, by the way, you guys, with the pre-show and the special effects speakers and all that good stuff. Also, a really cute detail is that there is a volume unit meter that can be seen on the hood of every sound tracker. The volume unit meter is made up of a series of 40 green, orange, and red lights that flicker in accordance to the volume of the music that can be heard on board of each train. But where did the idea of the rock and roller coaster even come from? Well, throughout the 1970s and 80s, a common criticism of the Disney parks was that there was a distinct lack of thrill rides. A long-term project was initiated by Walt Disney Imagineering in the early 1990s to rectify this issue and begin integrating more mature experiences into its theme parks. Attractions that were conceived throughout this initiative were Splash Mountain, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Alien Encounter, and the Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith. Back in 1994, the then-so-called rock and roll-themed roller coaster was to be integrated into Sunset Boulevard at Disney's MGM Studios, now known as Hollywood Studios, and it was going to be put right next to the Tower of Terror. While both attractions were originally supposed to open simultaneously, Imagineering decided to shift the focus to the Tower of Terror first before devoting itself fully to the rock and roller coaster. So the first band to be considered for the attraction was the Rolling Stones. The Stones were really interested, however the asking price of $10 million per year was a bit too steep for Disney. Now, even though negotiations with the Stones weren't a success, construction had already begun on the attraction. U2 was also considered, but Bono was not interested in working with Disney. And by June of 1998, Disney was starting to get kind of nervous. The track's construction had already been completed and the show building was starting to go up. Disney allegedly approached the band Kiss, but ran into the same licensing cost issue. Ultimately, Disney tried to give the bad boys from Boston a shot, Aerosmith, who were already working with the company on a single for the upcoming movie Armageddon. I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> I can't sing, you guys. I'm sorry, but it's called I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Steven Tyler, who was really interested in the concept, also helped things along, as well as the lower licensing costs. Originally, Disney was kind of hesitant to consider Aerosmith due to their mixed track record in terms of album sales, and their newest album at the time, quote-unquote Nine Lives, having been a critical flop and sales disaster really didn't help things. Although Disney would have preferred to wait for the release of Armageddon to see how the new single I Don't Want to Miss a Thing performs, they ultimately greenlit Aerosmith due to time constraints and Imagineering really needing to move things along. Imagineering worked with Aerosmith to come up with a selection of songs for the rock and roller coaster. 
The band really had only one request and that was that the attraction feature at least one song from the newest album, which is how we ended up with the song Nine Lives on the attraction, even though it was never a hit. Aerosmith also re-recorded several lyrics of their iconic songs like Walk This Way to better fit the attraction's theme. So my favorite example of a lyric change is the original song Love in an Elevator was changed to Love on a Roller Coaster. I think that's such a cool detail. I love that they went in to re-record it. It's so cool. At the end, Disney was able to meet its 1999 deadline and the Rock and Roller Coaster was opened in a small private ceremony featuring members from the band including Steven Tyler who reportedly loved the attraction so much he wrote it 12 times in a row. So rumors in the past had been circulating for a while that Disney was looking for a way to cut ties with Aerosmith. Because let's face it, every single year a chunk of change is paid to the band in order to feature their songs and likeness on the attraction. Then in 2018, at D23, it seems like they'd finally found a way because it was announced that the rock and roller coaster at Walt Disney Studios Park in Disneyland Paris would permanently close for an Iron Man re-theme. Now honestly you guys, I have a very mixed bag of feelings about it. I'm always super excited for new things Imagineering comes up with, and I'm also looking forward to getting rid of those (laughs) uncomfortable seats and restraints. However, I absolutely adore the Rock and Roller Coaster's theme. I think it's brilliant and is such a celebration of rock and music in general. With that being said, I just wish we could get two new attractions before closing existing ones for re-theme. Just to help, you know, spread out capacity and keep the crowd flows moving pleasantly throughout the park. One upside is that at least in November we'll get our new Frozen experience, so that may help out a little bit, although really with their 1,800 people per hour, <laughs> Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith swallowed up a huge chunk of people in, in the best way possible. I mean, that is a big compliment. Other than the new Frozen experience, Walt Disney Studios Park is currently a serious construction zone. I'm really, really looking forward to the new attractions and the future of the park in general. I'm so excited about the lake and getting Galaxy's Edge and the Frozen Land here in the future. However, right now it's just, it's a bit of a mess, you guys. I'm not going to lie, it's a bit of a mess. But keep on riding Rock and Roller Coaster until September 2nd. I mean, just looking back at every thrilling ride I've had on the attraction, I can't help but feel nostalgic for the rock and roller coaster, and will always have a very special place in my heart for the coaster that rocked. Download data. I love it when you do that! (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into this special edition of Air Magique, you guys. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever the platform of your choice is. And we would love and so very much appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. It really does help new folks discover the podcast and just gets the word out there. So thank you so much, you guys. Also, thank you to DisneylandParis.com, DesigningDisney.com, the book Disney A to Z, and DLP Sounds on YouTube, all of which are the excellent sources for the information compiled in this episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining me today for Emergique. This is Eric. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Yeah, give it a listen.
perfect song for a roller coaster. I'll bring that up. All right. Airwajik is an unofficial podcast made with love and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. This episode is not sponsored. All promotional or advertised content will be clearly identified. Audio excerpts and citations are used for educational purposes only. Copyright the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved.